it's it's the last Sunday in November, and if you've been following social media, people are tired. Everybody's like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of kind regards. I'm just tired. I don't want to go to work anymore. I don't want to go to school anymore. So we are quite tired, as we should be. Because if you're tired, it means that you have done something, right? Hopefully. <laughs> but it's also a time where we are reflecting on the year that has been, our successes, and maybe even our failures. Because we're real. And some of the things that were on your New Year resolutions, by now you know whether they have happened, they are still going to happen, they will never happen. But it's that time of the year where we are reflecting and also planning. There's a lot of planning going on, right? For next year, um, people already know where their school, children are going to school. The matriculants are already looking forward to, next year I'm going to be wherever. And there is so much going on in our space now. And last month was Mental Health Awareness Month, October. Did you know about that? And everybody was saying, be aware of your mental health. Be aware of your mental health. Because at this time of the year, we are indeed tired, we are drained, and there is an awareness that we should have so that we don't um, take certain things for granted. So I thought, okay, this is not the topic for today. Don't, don't get depressed already. But I thought this is an oxymoron. End of the year. Okay, sorry, this is not English class. But when you hear festive and you hear blues, it feels like something is fighting with the other, right? Because festive is supposed to be a happy, um, we, we see fireworks and exciting time. But it also happens to be a very blue season for many people. And, and we have to be aware of that as well. Not so that we can also go blue, but so that we can find ways of coping with the season. So I thought before December starts, maybe we should have a conversation, a real conversation. So this is going to be one of those sitting around the dining table kind of talk before the Christmas begins family meeting kind of thing. Because I personally need it. So we, we can feel free to go see psychologists to prepare our mind for the month that's about to be. Or we can talk about very simple things in church. I, I like to do it in church because we are real and we should be honest with how we are feeling. Amen. So I'm going to be using some interesting props this morning. Don't get shocked when things are brought to the stage. Just breathe in and breathe out and continue <laughs> with me. All right. We've been encouraged this past few weeks to read the Bible. Read the Bible for yourself. Every speaker who got on the stage encouraged us to read the Bible. And today I'm not doing anything different. I'm telling us, let us read the Bible. The book of John is a very good place to read if you want to understand the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and what he came to do on earth. Start with the book of John and read the whole um, book. Today, I would like us to focus on one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And if you know me, you probably know where I'm going already. There is one memorable experience that I always hold on to in the, Bible, in the book of John. And it's the story of the Samaritan woman. It's the story of the Samaritan woman. And I thought, okay, how do I 
what topic should I give this? And I thought conversations at the well, and I thought mm -mm, deep conversations. The pun is intended. A well is deep. So I thought deep conversations. Let's have deep conversations this morning. So I want you to be participatory if possible and just hear the heart of God for you this morning. Amen. I'll start by reading the scripture. It seems very long, but I promise you we'll get through it very fast. John chapter 4 from verse 1 to 35. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The Samaritan woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you are right, you don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming where it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. While we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, What do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? 
The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Amen. Thank you for your patience. Wasn't that a nice story time? Don't I read stories nicely? Dr. Matabula is going to beat me for using the word story, but it is a story. <laughs> um, how many of us, when we were little, would sit around and somebody would read a story or tell a story? Maybe not read, but tell. How? Anybody? Okay, thank you. Asked you to participate, okay. And those were nice times, right? If you were very, if it was a very interesting story, the end part where they ask you, what did you learn, will not scare you. But if the story was very long and boring, when somebody says, what did you learn? You're looking around for who's going to answer first. So this morning, I want us to get five things from this entire story. And five very simple things. Can you go along with me? The first thing I want to highlight here is, it is okay to be tired. It is okay to be tired. Um, okay, I'm not going to pick on Tatematic Maybe this for the last time. The last time I preached here, <laughs> Tatematic came back the next week and he said, Sis Busi left certain things out of her message. So next time she's going to come here, she's going to fix those certain things. I'm not fixing anything today. Today I'm telling you, it is okay to be tired. And why am I saying this? Because there is a narrative, another narrative, that some of us live in where tiredness is not a good thing. Where tiredness means you are less spiritual. Where tiredness means you are lazy. We even have this thing where we say, sleep is for the, what? Sleep is for the dead. You know, or no rest for the wicked. And I thought, uh-uh, we're not going to preach that sermon in church. Even Jesus got tired. The Bible says Jesus was tired from a long walk and he sat wearily beside the well at about noontime. And as Christians, sometimes we need to get to a place where we're able to actually acknowledge tiredness. You know, this time of the year, there is also... Um, buzz about the word burnout. Burnout. Have you been hearing that word? Burnout. Even at work. And burnout happens at so many levels. Even religiously or spiritually. It shouldn't be spiritually because we're supposed to constantly renew ourselves with God's word, right? But burnout is a real thing. And today, even if it's only one person that I want to reach to today to say it's okay to be tired. And resting is healthy and resting is necessary. 
You know, around this time of the year, we are very busy. We are busy fixing things. We are busy traveling. We are busy buying and selling and gifting and receiving. And by the time January comes, we are finished. We are completely finished. And I don't know if this sermon is too late because you've already made your holiday plans or if it is on time, but I want to encourage us this morning to find rest to stop for a while and just relax a little bit this December. This is practical conversations. I, if you are looking for something spiritual and deep, we can have a Bible study later. But right now, I want to encourage somebody. Let's look at Psalm 127 verse 2. It says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. Are you loved by God? I don't believe it. Are you loved by God? Do you believe that rest is important to God? Jesus, God worked for seven days creating the world. And on the seventh day, so he worked for six days, and on the seventh day, the Bible tells us he rested. Rest is an important thing, family. Let us not take it for granted in the season that we are going into. Matthew 11, from 28 to 30, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And, my, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus, God wants to give you rest. And sometimes it's not just physical rest. It's an emotional rest. It's a spiritual rest. And we need to tap into it. In Mark 6 verse 31, Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Can you see how practical Jesus was about rest? He could have gone on steam. I mean, he was the son of God. He could have just dismissed hunger in the name of Jesus. Actually, his name, because it's Jesus, right? And continued. But he was very intentional about drawing his disciples' attention to rest. And this morning, the first lesson I want us to learn from the story of the, the woman in Samaria is, rest is good for you. Amen. Especially in this heat, it's hot. <laughs> you need to calm down. So wherever you feel you need to sit down, sit down. This is figuratively as well. Are you hearing me this morning? Take a break and relax. Yes, even at the in-laws place. Relax. This is a Makoti of 16 years giving you permission to relax. Amen. You will wake up at 9 o'clock and sweep the yard. It may be very hot by then, but relax. You know, also your health is attached to rest. A lot of people are developing all sorts of lifestyle diseases now because of lack of rest. High blood pressure is very high. <laughs> excuse the pun, in this season because we are not slowing down to rest. So some of us, when our employers knock off on the 15th or close the shop on the 15th, 
we now start our craziness. No, slow down and rest. Amen. All right. Are you still happy with me? Amen. So let us also be aware of people around us and give them a break as well. Okay. Even at home, tell the person at home, sit down. Mama, sit down. We'll get to it when we get to it. Daddy, relax. We will sort it out when we sort it out. Let us love on each other this season and give each other rest. Second lesson from the story. It's okay to love everyone. Yeah, even when you're going this December. <laughs> it's okay to love everyone. Why am I saying this? Verse 7 says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. There is a reason why the Bible emphasizes Samaritan and woman. It was not just random. And we hear the story as it unfolds, right? Because there is this whole distinction between Jew, Samaritan, Jew, Samaritan, Jew, Samaritan, throughout the story. And Jesus spoke to a Samaritan woman. A Samaritan woman. Jesus did not discriminate against people based on tribe or gender. We as Christians, we need to stop profiling people. We need to become like Jesus, where we are able to fellowship with one another, where we are able to relate to one another. We need to stop the women this and the men that, the South African this and the Nigerians that, the blacks this and the whites that. Can I continue? The Pentecostals this and the other ones that. At Guy Guy Church and at that other church, we need to stop it. Because that is not the language that Jesus wants us to have. We are God's people. God's people. Period. And Jesus chose to relate to the Samaritan woman. Despite all the things that were attached to it. His reputation was attached to it. His safety was attached to it. Everything was attached to it, but he stopped to interact with this Samaritan woman. And just for free, I'm going to throw it out there. Women, you are valuable, you are important, and Jesus sees you. It's for free, eh? that one is not in my notes. Genesis 1 verse 27 says, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God did not create this group first, and then with the leftover materials, he came to start making the other one. No. Let us see God in each other. Let us see God in each person that we come across every single day. And the next scripture I'm reading is Galatians 3 from 27 to 28. It says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That is who we are, family. That is who we are. I forgot one prop in point number one. <laughs> and that prop that said, that point said, it's okay to be tired. I'm not tired, but I want to make a point this morning. Can I please have my couch? 
Thank you. I'm sorry, ne? I told you you're home. We're having a conversation. And you're going to get home and think, what was Busi doing today? But there's a couch that is coming on this stage. And I hope you can pretend it's not here and still hear God's voice. That couch is to remind you that you need to rest this holiday. Thank you. You need to rest. I'm tempted to sit on it. I'm tempted to sit on it. <laughs> okay, I don't, maybe people at the back will not see me if I do. But I want you to have that at the back of your mind, okay? Thank you. So point number two I've already mentioned, it is okay to love everyone. I want to tell you about a story in Numbers, 20, in Numbers chapter 12. I won't read it. It's, a, it's quite a long story. Aaron and Miriam were making fun of Moses because he married a Cushite woman. Cushite does not mean anything to all of you. So you can choose to put Zulu there, Zonga there, Venda there, Nigerian there, whatever. But these were his siblings making fun of him or looking down at him for marrying a Cushite woman. Do you know that they were cursed by God? They were cursed by God. You may think it's something so small, but that is how important it is to God that you do not disregard anybody of any culture, of any tribe. It doesn't matter whether you feel they belong or they don't belong. To God, they do. So it is okay to love everyone because that is how God operates. You know, the Samaritan woman was even surprised She's saying, but why are you talking to me? Why me? You're not supposed to do this. I'm not used to this. Have the kind of relationship with people that will shock them. You know? Have the kind of interactions that will shock them. Let us get into the habit of talking to people that we would not normally talk to. Even when we're in the tea garden, let us greet people that you don't usually greet. You don't usually spend time with. Let us be very intentional this season, family, because I already mentioned to you that for some people, it's a very blue season. It's a very lonely season. It's a very sad season. So let us reach out to each other in the season that we are in. If you're still at work, maybe have lunch with a colleague that you wouldn't normally sit with. Let us be very practical in our Christianity, in our spirituality, in not just the weeks ahead, but just going forward. Amen. Jesus mentioned it. They, 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 okay. She was saying that you Jews believe this and we Samaritans believe this. And she was talking about the way we worship, right? And Jesus said, what well, a time will come. Indeed, it is now. Where it does not matter whether you worship on the mountains, in Jerusalem, on the tree, under your bed. Because it is about your spirit and it is about truthful worship. And truthful worship is also in the way we relate to each other. And that is what Jesus was drawing attention to there. Whether you are a Jew or a Samaritan right now does not count for much. Because we are worshiping God and our worship has to be in spirit and in truth. The worship does not have to be in black or white. It does not have to be in Africans or Sibedi. It has to be in spirit and in truth. Are we still together so far? 
Amen. Point number three. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay to ask for help. Jesus said, please give me a drink. What is a drink? In this case, maybe you can say it's water. But a drink for you may be different today. A drink could be a job. A drink could be prayers. A drink could be food. Could be clothes. It's okay to ask for help. Even Jesus asked for a drink. Jesus could have done some, I almost used the word magic. He could have done, performed some miracle. And water could have just sprung out for him to drink and he continues with his travel. But the point was more than water. Do you agree with me? The point of this conversation was deeper than water. Because he came to meet with this woman. He came to give her water. More than him needing water. But to give her what she needed, he had to assume the position of need himself. That is who God is. God had to send his son in the place of human. So that he could, our salvation could come through Jesus. Jesus was sinless. Am I right? So Jesus took our place by becoming human. And in this case, he's taking the place of a thirsty person to meet a thirsty woman. That is the kind of God we serve. We don't serve a God who absolves himself from your situation. Like, you know, you'll be sharp, you'll be okay. So Jesus didn't really need help. But we are not Jesus. We need help. I don't know if there's superman or superwoman in this house, and we thank God if you are here. But we need to ask for help. And Jesus made a point here by asking a Samaritan woman, somebody that nobody would probably ask for water from, or a Jewish man will probably not. And what was the point here? Anybody can be helpful to you. You cannot look down. We cannot look down on people and say, this one, what can she give me? What does he have? You know, there's a story that I once heard of a, 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 a mother and a child who lived together. And they had a neighbor down the street who was very needy. And every time this neighbor would send the child to this family to say, please go and ask for tomato. You know, and, that, and that the, this other lady would help. Send the child again, please go ask for sugar. And they would give sugar and that child will go back. So this particular day, the one who's always giving, decided to send her child to go there and ask for salt. Go and ask for salt. Mama, we have salt in the cupboard. Go there and ask for salt. And what was the point there? I want that woman to feel that there's something she can give me as well. Because that woman could be sitting there and constantly feeling, I have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing. So that was a point of ministry where this woman encouraged that other one to say, you have salt. Sometimes we need to ask for help just to encourage the person. 
around you. Are you still with me? Amen. So it doesn't matter how educated you are, how much money you have, what fancy position you have, there will be something that you will need one day. Don't be afraid to ask. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask. From the 7 to 8 says, keep on asking and you will receive what you asked for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You are permitted to ask. Amen. Jesus was there to give compassion. And in that case, in that, in that situation, this woman needed, she came for physical water, but she was not aware of a deeper need. And there are deeper needs that we have that we need to look to Jesus for filling up. Are you with me? There are things that people can give you, but there are things that only Jesus can give you. It's okay to ask for help. Not just from human beings, but from God. Don't be scared of screaming, Lord, help me. I don't know what else to do. I have no plan. I have nothing. Help. The third, fourth thing, is my numbers. We're going to number four. The fourth thing is it's okay to be alone. Scary. Because every time we talk of alone, we go to that scripture. It is not good for man to be alone. Did you see my eyes roll? I tried to roll my eyes. <laughs> because that is what we think of when we hear the word alone. It is not good for man to be uh -uh. It is okay to be alone. Verse 8 says, he was alone at the time. I'm not talking of persistent aloneness. That one just makes you very antisocial. That's not the one I'm talking about. And I'm not talking of loneliness. Loneliness is a deep thing. We need to be aware of it. We need to reach out to people who are lonely. In fact, last week on, on the news, Sadak was asking for volunteers this season. Sadak is a South African depression and anxiety group, something like that, yes. And they were saying they need volunteers because they're getting a lot of calls in this season. People are lonely, people are suicidal, people are miserable. That is loneliness. Let us be there for people. Let us pray for them. Let us invite them into our space. We've already gone past that point, right? I'm talking about alone. You know, some of us are too scared to be alone. We have this thing called FOMO, fear of missing out. Fear of not being able to explain the headlines. When people are talking, you don't want to look stupid. So you want to, even if you hate sports, you actually hate, hate sports. You hate rugby, you don't know when it is a try, there's a penalty. But because everybody was going to the stadium, I say, aha, we are going, we are going to watch this thing. Thank God we won, because if we did not win that cup, I think it would have been a wasted trip for me. But my point is, sometimes being alone or standing out is not a bad thing. Sometimes standing out gives you time to minister to people, like Jesus did. Sometimes being alone gives God space and access to you as a person. God longs for intimacy with us. But if we are constantly busy, constantly surrounded by people, God has no access to us. 
Some of us choose hobbies because we are scared of being alone. Hey, everybody's running. Now me, I'm going to run. You hate running. You don't understand, but you want to go and run. Peer pressure, even amongst adults, is a real thing because we're scared of being alone. Everybody's buying a new car in December. Now me, I'm going to buy a car. Bible? No. It's okay to be alone. Give Jesus access to your space where he can invade your space and it can be just you and him sometimes. Sometimes lock your door, bedroom door, and be alone. Spend time with the Father. You know, let us not belong to gangs. You know, when we hear the word gang, we think Cape Town and the Cape Flats. Uh-uh. There are gangs that we are driving in nowadays. There are financial gangs. We, we belong in this group. We, we fit into this group. I already mentioned the fitness gang. Ne? We belong in this group. There's a social gang. All my friends are going to this weekend. Nami, I'm going. No, family. That is not God's ideal for us. It's okay to be alone. Because that is where we get access to God. And God has access to us. The next point it's okay not to always be approved of. This one ties in to what I've just spoken about as well. You know, this season is a very scary one. People are going to borrow cars. You better believe it. They are going to borrow cars and hire cars because they are going home. And it's not okay to arrive without a car. It, it sounds very, yeah, like why should I be saying this on a pulpit? Ne? But it's true. People are going to go into debt this season, take heavy loans this season, because when they get home, they must wear a certain brand. They must look a certain way. They must arrive in a certain car. Other people, I promise you, are going to hire boyfriends and girlfriends, because you cannot arrive home again and explain why you don't have anybody again. Like one guy still now, Aunamutu. You guys think I'm joking. But it's okay to not be approved of by human beings. Because the approval we seek is where? Is with God. It is with God. And sometimes in a desperate attempt for or need for approval, we do the silliest things. We do things that end up making us go cry to God for help. I know it's, it's okay to ask for help, but... Before asking for help, let us apply our minds and know that our approval comes from God and only God. Let us not be so careful about guarding our reputation and our image. Jesus was not guarding his reputation when he stopped and spoke to a Samaritan woman. He was not because his father's approval was the most important thing to him at that time. And that is the approval that we should chase after. Then we have the other extreme. There are those ones who will do things so that everybody will see them. Right? So you help people because everybody is watching. Remember Jesus interacted with a woman even if there was nobody there to witness it. The other extreme is Jesus waiting for his disciples to come, waiting for the whole village to come, and then say, I want them to all see this. And that is something that is hitting our generation so badly. 
We live in a content life. Everything we do is for content. People must see, people must know, we post everything. We post our water, we post our juice, we post our food. We post our sweat. Hey, because others will gym and then they will do this. No, guys. No. No. We do not need followers. We are followers. Followers of who? Of Christ. Let us be very conscious of the small things in the season that we are in. Do God's work even when nobody is watching. Help Makuru at home even when nobody is watching. And don't come back and make noise about it. I man, I just did this and I just did that and I just did this and the other ones only arrived 3023 at 5 p.m. And I've been there since the 15th. Uh-uh, no. If you're going to go home on the 15th, go on your own steam. But don't complain about the ones who come on the midnight of the 24th. Because otherwise you're doing it for them. For approval. And it's a very dangerous place because when people don't approve you, what happens? You go down. The last point I want to make, it's okay not to know everything. It's okay not to know everything. I don't know if you remember during early in the year, Auspali spoke about how limited we are. Limited in our knowledge of people. Limited in our knowledge of God. Limited in our knowledge of ourselves. It's okay not to know everything. What did Jesus say to this woman? If only you knew who it is you are speaking to and what I can give you. It's actually good to be in a place where Jesus can reveal himself to us. Because if we walk around thinking, I know, I know, I know. I understand this, I understand that, I've got that one covered. Politics, you're on top. Finance, you're on top. Sports, you're on top. Bible, you're on top. It is not easy. To, you will not be able to learn even new things. So that woman thought she had important knowledge. She was even giving Jesus history. Do you know about this well? It's Jacob's well. His sons drank from it. Who do you think you are? Are you bigger than Jacob? You see how limited in knowledge she was. But thankfully she was in a space where Jesus could reveal himself to her. Because she, she ended up having an I am moment. I call it an I am moment. There are people in the Bible who had an I am moment. We cannot have I am moments if we know everything. I am what if you're getting confused? Remember when Moses was being sent to rescue the children of Israel? And Moses said to God, who do I say sent me? And, and God said, I am that I am. Do you remember that? When Jesus asked Peter and his disciples, who do people say that I am? Peter caught the revelation quickly. And he said, you are the son of the living God. If you do not have an I am moment, you will constantly walk around life expecting yourself to know everything and feeling bad for not knowing everything. It's okay not to know everything because you give yourself access to learn and to be taught by God. The last point that I want to make is you need to draw from a deeper place. You need to draw from a deeper place. Jesus highlighted this when he brought, when he said to her, where are your husbands? Oh, sorry, where is your husband? Sorry, not your husband. Where is your husband? And she said, I don't have. And Jesus said, yes, you have had. 
And even the one you are living with is not yours. Or is not married to you. What was the point here? You know so many times this scripture is preached as though this woman was promiscuous. She had jumped from husband to husband to husband. But let us also bear that in the olden days, a woman would be transferred. If one brother died, she would be given to the next. If that brother died, she would be given to the next. Okay. But that's not our point this morning. Our point is, the covering that was on her head, the husband that she, or the, the place she looked to for covering, was wrong until now. And that was the point Jesus was bringing home. You have tried this and you have tried that and you've tried the other thing, you've tried the other thing. Today, I want to give you what you really need. And it's a water that you will get and you will never thirst again. And some of us are thirsty this morning because we've tried all sorts of things. We've tried academics. Didn't work. Not working. We've tried marriage. Didn't work. Not working. Some have used money as their covering. And it's still failing up till now. Some have used title or positions. These are husbands in different ways. These are things we get attached to. These are things we marry ourselves and our time to. And Jesus is saying today, you are mine. You need to draw from a deeper place. I am here to give you what no man will give you. Or no woman, for that matter, will give you. I am here to reinstate your identity. I am here to remove the Mrs. This and the Mrs. That and the Mrs. Whatever. And I wanted to demonstrate something to you, but I think we've run out of time. I actually said to them, I want a paper and I want a scissor. And I wanted to cut that paper to give you a figurative, you know, um, explanation of what I'm saying. Those certificates, I'm not talking of those University of Pretoria and Daigai or whatever, but you get my point? The things that you hold on to, the accolades that you've been given, the titles that you've been given, you need to tear them up. You need to cut them up. That is not who you are. You are God's own this morning. And I want you to remember that even in the season that you're going into, I am more than this piece of paper. I am more than this degree. I am more than this Mrs. What What. I am more than what people call me. I am more than my past. I am more than my history. I am more because I am God's own. I want to end by reading a scripture from Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 16. It says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it most. Can I ask the worship team to come up? This morning, I want you to remember, it's okay to be tired. It's okay to love everyone. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be alone.
it's okay not to always be approved of. And it's okay not to know everything. But more than that, I want to ask us to all stand up. And if there's anybody who needs prayers, I'll ask you to come to the front after we have wrapped up so that we do not um, push the time further. But there will be time for ministry for anyone who needs just a pouring of living water in their souls. You may be feeling I'm tired and I just need refreshing. I just need to sit at the well with Jesus. I'm tired of rushing to draw water. Water that does not fill me because I want to be filled by the living water himself this morning.